Hello and welcome to the third episode of the All Around Access podcast, where we're catching up with some of the best gymnasts in Britain. I'm delighted once again to be joined by tumbling sensation Dom. Dom, how are you doing? All good this morning, Liv. Looking forward to the podcast today. Good, good to hear. So uh, last podcast, um, if you haven't caught up yet, um, it was with Kelly Sim and Laura Gallagher. Um, and it was um, a really, really interesting um, piece. It had loads of great stuff to say. So if you haven't caught up with it, I think it's worth a listen, isn't it, Dom? Definitely, definitely. It was so interesting to hear from the girls and we're wishing them all the best on their journeys through to Tokyo, hopefully this year. It was, it was brilliant. Um, and we have another couple of brilliant guests joining us today. 100%. So today we've got World Parallel Bars champion Joe Fraser and his coach and head coach at City of Birmingham Gymnastics Club, Lee Walls. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Cheers, thanks for having us. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's great to have you on the podcast. Um, we're going to kick off with um, some just some basic uh, introductions. Um, so I want to briefly get started. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Firstly, Lee, if I could come to you. Um, we wondered if you remember when Joe first came into the gym um, and what your first impressions were, and I'd be nice. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't, it wasn't Joe walking into the gym, it was me walking into the gym because I moved to City of Birmingham in 2008 um, from uh, a previous club, and Joe was already there. So it was a case of me being the newbie uh, and everyone staring at me like I was a stranger. Um, but, and Joe's heard this many times, I wasn't overly impressed, if I'm honest, from my first impressions of, of this scrawny little. <laughs> Kid trying to do gymnastics. It was all arms and legs with some really bad shapes. Um, but I loved his work ethic and that's what stood me out. It wasn't the fact that he was this super talented gymnast that could do lots of stuff at that time. It was just it was just his attitude towards uh, gymnastics and the want to be the best he possibly could be. Good. Yeah, nice. Good lesson for young gymnasts, I think, to learn. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not about being a superstar at eight, nine, ten. You know, it's about putting in the graft and uh, being prepared to work as hard, if not harder than everybody else in the gym. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to achieve your dreams. And Joe, similar question to you, man. You know, when you first come into the gym, I imagine you started very, very young. What was your first kind of thoughts when you first walked in? To be honest, I can't really remember. Um, I presume that I just wanted to learn how to do some somersaults or something like that. <laughs> um, looking back, very, I was like trying to do somersaults and stuff. <laughs> um, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed flinging myself off apparatus, as I'm sure you do. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to do as much gymnastics as I could, really. Mm. And just a little follow up question. Obviously, you start gymnastics very, very young. What age did you start, just out of interest? I started at about five. Yeah, about five years old. I started at um, just a little bit younger at four. And obviously, when you start in gymnastics, you kind of do a little bit of everything. And then when you actually come up and you're showing some talent, you actually um, go to specialise. Um, and then once you specialise, you then move up through the national system, the GB system, and hopefully, you know, the best go right to the top like yourself. At what point in your journey, what age did you really think you know, this is not just a hobby for me. I can actually go on and hopefully, you know, represent my country and, you know, maybe even get to the top like you have done. Um, 
I'm not sure. I, I remember making my first national team and I was driving when my mum was dropping me at gym and she'd said to me, Joe, I've got a surprise for you. And I was thinking, I've got a PlayStation 3. I've got a PlayStation 3. I'm sure. <laughs> and then oh, what, what I had. And then Lee said, like, I've got a surprise for you. And then I found out that I'd made the, the GB national team. Um, but I didn't even know there was such a thing as the national team at that age. So it was all new to me doing gymnastics because I enjoyed it. So I think that probably was like a real turning point in my career because I started to realise like I was doing well. I needed to focus more and put in hard work where it needed to be. So I think that was probably my turning point personally. So Lee, did you did you think the same? Was there a point um, or a routine you think with Joe that made you think he could go on to achieve great things in the sport? Um, I always said to Joe's dad that um, if he hadn't made the GB team by the age of 15, then I hadn't done my job properly. Um, and I think he made it by the age of 13. Um, and I assume, I can't remember that far back, but I'm pretty certain he made a, an international competition at age maybe 14. And I thought, actually, this kid's all right. I mean, what what we don't broadcast is Joe got injured for his first three internationals, so he missed them. Um, so it took actually much longer for him to compete for GB than what was part of our plan. Um, but every time he did a competition, he seemed to be beating people that were beating him before. You know, and he was steadily making progress up to what eventually became the podium. And I think from that point, my target for Joe was not necessarily always winning, but it was always making improvements. I thought that was a good milestone for me and Joe. So, although it happened, the target was never to win a gold medal every single time we did it. The target was just to make small improvements across everything, whether it be a final score or um, a difficulty of a routine or whether it was just to improve on execution. And once we started putting all the pieces together, um, yeah, Joe started winning titles and medals and going to internationals. And yeah, it's just progressed from there. So there was never for me a defining moment. It just, it was very organic as to when Joe started to become a champion and started winning medals. So do you think that's a good lesson for kind of coaches and gymnasts alike to kind of work towards the long game as opposed to trying to, you know, achieve great things, like you said earlier, by the time they're eight or nine years old. You know what, from, I've been in this sport now 25 years, I think, coaching. And what I realise is that a lot of people, gymnasts and coaches now, because of social media and the instant access to everything, everybody wants success like now. You know, and what, what I, because I didn't realise where I was going with Joe and, and the rest of the boys. I never had that, that I want him to be a champion now. So I think any advice that I would give to any coach was that you might be coaching an eight year old, but you want them to be a champion when they're 18, 19, 20 and, and map that, that road out, you know, and, and just because they're, they're entering the British championships at under 12 doesn't necessarily mean that they have to win, you know, because I've seen so many juniors amazing juniors that never become a senior gymnast you know and for me it was always yeah. about creating a group a team of senior gymnasts um, as opposed to super talented super young champions so yeah i'd definitely yeah. say for me it was about creating uh, a pathway to having great senior gymnasts 
Brilliant. Okay, that's it's really interesting to hear um, from you both how it all started. We're going to fast forward um, a few years um, and get into kind of the main part of this episode, um, so the 2019 um, World Championships, um, which was obviously an amazing uh, few weeks in Stuttgart. So I want to really, really talk about, obviously, you know, the targets for the competition, but also the preparation. So first to Joe, how, you know, how long was the training camp and how does a training camp kind of progress from when you come into the gym to, you know, when you're hopefully going to be flying out to Stuttgart to put in some amazing performances? How does that sort of process go? Um, so we, we trial, I want to say around a month to six weeks before. Um, and then the team will be selected off the back of those, those competitions. And then we pretty much stay at Lillishaw most weeks then. So we'll do probably four weeks at Lillishaw. And before before the Worlds in 2019, we actually did a competition in Germany. Um, so we did a competition in Germany. Then we did a training camp in Germany. Then we did one week at home and then came back to Germany. So yeah. we was kind of like adjusted to the time zone. And even though it's only an hour or two hours, it was like, you're just kind of comfortable. Um, so that made it a lot easier for us moving across. Um, like camp preparation didn't quite go to plan. Um, I had a bit of an, a bit of a problem on PRs and stuff. Like I just was kind of overthinking routines and just started making a few mistakes. But then kind of once I've spoken to Lee and the national coaches, um, I just kind of felt a lot more comfortable within myself and within the team to like just perform routines, same way I'd been training them previously. So that just that really settled me down, and then um, we just kind of took one routine at a time. I never really go into a competition thinking, like Lee said, I don't go in there thinking I want gold, I want gold, I want gold. I think about one skill at a time, one routine at a time. Because off the back of that, the medals and the success comes off that. So that's the way I try and look at routines and preparations. Hundred percent, man. And that's a great mindset to have. I really, really do agree with that mindset. I think it's a really solid mindset to have. You said there was ups and downs in the camp. You know, it's funny. You said you had problems on the PRs, and then you ended up, you know, winning the taking the title. How did you kind of? cope with the downs obviously you spoke to lead the national coaches are there any other sort of techniques that you use to kind of stay you know steady during the training camp is there anything that you do in like your downtime to really just relieve the stress or anything like that um so i like to re-watch routines that would have gone well just to kind of let myself know that i can do it i've done it before i know i can do it i also like like to shut off from gymnastics and um, play play FIFA maybe with some other lads. You know, I like to like to yeah. tell myself I'm off at FIFA, but I'm not convinced. Hopefully, Courtney and Gianni don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So I I like to just kind of shut off. Um, but if I want if I want to know and believe that I can do it, I might I might watch a routine back. Have it in my head. It's good to know that you're a FIFA man. I'm also a big FIFA man. So we'll have to have really? a game sometimes. You're the real oh, champions, yeah. man. 
Um, and then on to you, um, you know, Lee, as a coach, when, you know, Joe is down or any of, you know, the guys um, that have been selected for those big competitions are down, what is sort of your first reaction as a coach? Does it go person by person or is there always a technique that you kind of use to, like, raise their spirits? Depends who he is. I treat every gymnast very differently. They've all got their own quirks and their own personalities and some like to be, some like me to be quite firm with them. Some like yeah. me to mother them some like to <laughs> overanalyze their performance so it just depends yeah. on the gymnast because i've been coaching them for such a long time i know exactly how to react and to push their buttons and i think it's, it's the right phrase you know uh, one gymnast might like me to talk about every tenth that they're losing and how they can make that better one gymnast might just want me to tell him that he's the best thing in the world and he, he can do it uh, and one person just might just want me to tell them that it's all going to be okay and just to trust their gymnastics so it, for me, it's, I haven't really got any te techniques. It's just about knowing the kids. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, knowing your gymnast is so, so important. And I think just the last one from me, you're sort of going into that training block, especially by trial. Would you instill that mentality of start as you mean to go on, or it doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish? Uh well, we work generally between an eight-week and a 12-week training block. So before any competition, whether that be a British or a Worlds. Um, and for me, it's about, we always start, I don't care how they look. We always mm. go through a phase where they just have to get down and dirty with gymnastics, you know, and put the effort in. It might look really ugly, but it's just about getting through, whether that be a combination, whether it just be a single skill or a half routine or a full routine. You just have to get it done. And we could do that yeah. for maybe four weeks. You know, I don't care that it doesn't look pretty. I'm not here to win medals in preparation. Um, but once we reach the important parts, so like the seven week and eight week part of the plan, it's about every day that you step foot in that gym, every time you put your hand up, it's about being the best you can be. Because I think once you can, you can do the routine and you can feel the gymnastics and it's about being the best you can be on that apparatus. And that might mean focusing from your toes to your fingers, to the way you look, the way you hold your head. You know, so your point for me in the preparation, we look at both. You know, mm. it's about it doesn't matter how you start, but it's also towards the end of the plan. It's about starting as you mean to go on. Hundred percent. Thanks so much, Lee and Joe. Thanks for the insight as well, man. Cheers, guys. No problem. No. Yeah. So, if we head kind of to the World Championships now, we've got there's loads of different um, countries around. There's lots of things to take inspiration from you. From sorry, um, Lee, from your side of point of view. Do you kind of take notice of the other countries? Is there kind of tactics to the routine um, when you get there to the, from the qualification to the final? How does that work? Um, you can't not help but look at the other countries because I'm a massive gymnastics geek, you know, and you look at all this amazing gymnastics and you're just in awe of everybody, you know, the good ones, the bad ones, the, when they fall in the training hall. You never see it on the competition arena, but there's some spectacular falls in the training gym, you know, and so you're always looking. Um, but in terms of the routines, it's, it's about, like I said before, it's about delivering the best routine you can. Because generally, when you're at a major championship, the first day is a qualification. So it's a qualification for the team final, the all-around final, the apparatus final. So for the first day, you have to be on it. You have to be the best you can be on that day. So you deliver as good a routine as you can. Then the next day comes and it's the team final. So now you're fighting for medals. So you have to deliver the same routines again. And then after that, it's the all-around final where you're competing for yourself. So you have to be as good, you know, for yourself. 
And then you could, if you're lucky and you get to the uh, apparatus finals, then it's about you know being successful for yourself as well. So you have to be on it every single time you put your hand up. You have to be, you have to deliver the best routine you possibly can. And and I think if you look at the parallel bars where Joe was very successful in Stuttgart, he he, he did that. He did that every time. I think it was like one tenth or two tenths between four routines, and I think that was fantastic. Yeah, and I think something as well, obviously you've talked about the parallel, the, the P-bars routine, but something gets a little bit lost is you'd actually, Joe had actually finished eighth in the all-around final um, a few days earlier. Had you, Lee, had you targeted the all-around beforehand as part of your plan? Well, we knew that Joe could do the all-around, um, but we never anticipated finishing as high up as, as what he did. And... Um, <laughs> Going back to the competition that Joe mentioned earlier, we, we tried the new elements on parallel bars. First one in the world, we, we were hoping to get it named as the Fraser. So we went to Germany and we, we submitted it to the judges so they, they knew our intention and we competed it. Um, but two weeks before the gold medal, we scored 15 in the final, I think. Uh, in Germany, he scored nine point something. So we had an absolute nightmare. So the reason that he said he had some ups and downs is it absolutely went as wrong as it could ever go. <laughs> All right, but he competed the new skill, which was great. But when we got to the the World Championships, we'd we'd always decided that if he was going to compete it um, to get it named as the Fraser, then we were going to do it in the all around, because that was the for us the least important competition. So the qualification of the team final were obviously Olympic qualifications and then medals. Um, and if we was lucky enough to make the parallel bars final, then we were fighting for. If you're in the final, you can win a medal. But the all around, we didn't generally see um, us being up there. So we thought, yeah, we'll compete it then. As it happens, another gymnast competed at the same time as Joe and he got the name, so we decided not to compete it. But um, we'd had a couple of falls on high bar um, in the team qualification and the team final, I think. So it was almost like we had something to prove when he got to the all around. Um, and yeah, I'm glad we did because we really proved everybody that Joe's one of the best all-rounders in the world. So it, it gave us that confidence, him and me actually, to to fight for that all-round podium in future competitions coming up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Dom, do you want to check in with Joe now? Let's, go, let's head to the actual Parallel Bars final day. Let's go to there. Yeah. So Joe, obviously in Stuttgart, the training days have gone. You know, you've gone through you know, your team um, qualifications, your team finals, your all-around final, and obviously you're now, you know, the night before the individual uh, finals on parallel bars, you know, how was the sort of night before? Were you calm? Were you, you know, you know what you're doing? Or was it quite nervy for you? How were you feeling? I was relatively calm. I just knew that I'd go out there, enjoy the, enjoy the environment. It's not often you get to go out on these major competitions and perform the routines you've been working years in advance for so I, I just wanted to go out there and enjoy myself really so I was, I was relatively relaxed um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm one that loves sleep so I was going to get a nice good 9-10 hours in um, nice, ready, ready for that competition day so yeah I was, I was very relaxed really 100%. and you go and you obviously go into the day you know, how was the warm up? Was because I, you know, in my time competing as a gymnast, I've seen some people have some like terrible warm ups, and then a terrible warm up leads to a bad performance. Some gymnasts have had terrible warm ups, but they managed to bring themselves together and still deliver a great performance. How was the warm up for you, and how important is like a solid warm up 
towards, you know, hopefully going out there and competing your best? Well, I'm quite methodical in my warm-up, so I, I do the same, same goes every, every day. So it was just it was just a case of me having my free touch warm-up, walking out and just performing the way I've, I've been training previously to that. I remember I, I needed one more touch on P-bars and um, the Ukrainian guy, Petro, said to me, I can go. So I had his go, I think, I'm pretty sure, um, just before we walked out. So God knows what would have happened if, if he'd had the go and I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the butterfly effect, like these little tiny things, they just lead to the yeah. next thing and the, to the ultimate thing. So yeah, man, <laughs> you know, thank, you know, thank the, you know, the gods of gymnastics that like you had your go when, when you did, man. And, you know, when you landed your dismount, did you have absolutely, you know, no regrets? You did the best routine possible? Or when you look back on it, are there still things, even though you won, are there still things you wish, oh, I wish I could have, you know, done that a bit better and so on and so forth? Well, I'd, I'd kind of become a bit obsessed with my P-bar dismount. Because all I was thinking from start to finish, well, start, I'm only thinking about my very first skill. It's the only thing that's in my head. Homma, 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 homma. And then as soon as I'd done that, I was just like, stick the dismount, stick the dismount, stick the dismount, way through. So I wasn't even thinking about it, really. Like, it was just autopilot. And then when I didn't dismount, I was like, oh, you've, you've, you've ruined your opportunity there, kind of thing. Yeah. So I was kind of like, it made it so obsessed about this one thing. I kind of like, just forgot about the rest of the routine and it just kind of, Flowed as it did. Um, yeah. Looking back, I won't do that again. I'll, <laughs> I'll take it as good as it could. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, like you say, sometimes when it's so high pressure, it's, it's hard to focus on everything because there's so much to focus on. And then, you know, me personally, obviously as a fan, um, I remember watching it. And when obviously you found out you were world champion, it was absolute scenes. The boys were lifting you up. Lee was over the moon. You were over the moon. You know, in a few words, just tell us how that felt, man, you know. It's hard. Even now, it's like, it makes me feel weird. I don't, I, I don't really know how to describe it. Um, and one thing I also forgot to say was before I got on the bars, like I was doing the grip, like you, we syrup and chalk the pee bars. So yeah. I was syruping and chalking. And, and that kind of gets me quite out of breath. But I was like panicking. I was like, not going to be done in time. Not going to be done in time. And then the... He just said, calm down. And I was like, okay. And that was just horrible. So I, I, I think like <laughs> the fact he told me to calm down made me like settle into the routine as well. Um, but obviously once once we'd found out that we'd become the world champion, it was kind of like, not, well, it was, yeah, it made us feel unbelievable, really. It's like all that hard work that we'd put in for the last... 11 years together had kind of come together at one moment um, and it definitely spurred us on moving forward from that so very exciting times ahead 100% man like I say I hope there's going to be the first of many man you're still young in the game still got a lot more left in the tank man so that was a brilliant moment and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more brilliant moments to come so well done to you both thanks for the insight cheers bud uh Lee, obviously from a coach's perspective then, um, I know coaches all across the country get nervous as anything when their gymnasts are out on the floor, 
Um, do you kind of, do you give Joe any particular, I mean, obviously he's just said you tell him to calm down. Um, are there any other kind of bits of advice you give him or do you kind of trust that at that point you've kind of done everything that you can do? I've always got certain things that I say to the guys when I, when I lift them up or when we're preparing apparatus. And, uh, generally on parallel bars, I don't say a lot to Joe other than maybe just own your long swing to one bar, you know, because I think if, you, if you're a little bit timid on that, then that's when the wobble's always coming. So I just try to tell him to just to take control and, and you know, own the skill. And other than that, it's just a case of, you know, you've done the hard work, enjoy the moment, what will be, will be. You know, if, if anything ever goes wrong in routines, I'm, ne I'm never disappointed, you know, because we're just out there learning and, and gaining experience from everything that's good or bad. And um, we've had such an amazing championship, so I could never have been disappointed with the result. You know, regardless of whether it was eighth or first. Um, so I think we were both out there just living our best life at that time, you know? Yeah. And do, during the routine itself, are you kind of, do you kind of live it with him? Are you analysing every move? Um, you're obviously a high-level judge as well. So are you kind of working out what's going on as it goes through? How do you deal with that? Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that final routine was a bit of a roller coaster as a, as a coach, um, yeah, I was massively nervous actually, and I, I, cr I crouched down. You were meant to go into a certain place out of the way of the cameras, but I, I just couldn't. I always like to watch certain apparatus from a certain angle, and the angle that I watched Paolo Bars at was smack bang in the middle of the camera. So I was fully aware of, of watching the routine, but the camera was also could see me, so I was trying to play it calm, and, and I wasn't trying to show any emotion. And, um, because on the qualification day, I stood in exactly the same place, and when he landed his dismount, I jumped around like a muppet, and then I realised <laughs> the camera could be watching me, so I had to take it a little bit more steady in the final. But um, yeah, it was a, it was it was one of those probably ten minutes of uh, heart in mouth moments. Let's say you know it was, it was fantastic. I wouldn't change it for the world. And how rewarding is it for you just to see that hard work pay off? Like Joe says, that's kind of 11 years worth of work come together. And we know nursing coaches, you sacrifice so much. Um, that must have just been such an amazing feeling. Yeah, it was. I mean, the, the satisfaction for me was that Joe and I had a conversation at the beginning of the cycle and we decided what, what routine uh, or what I thought Joe was going to be good at. So I've sort, I sort of constructed a routine over four years. And, and in 2016, we sat down and we wrote that actual routine out. I think Joe's still got the piece of paper somewhere. And, and that was exactly the routine that we wrote out that we thought would, would take him through to the end of this cycle. And if he did that routine, then, then he would be one of the best gymnasts in the world. So, and ironically, it actually happened. You know, not only did we, did we compete that routine, he, he became world champion. So to see our vision come to fruition, it was uh, it was a pretty special moment. Yeah, and as I say, it's just you've obviously got um, Dom as well making finals, so you obviously produced some talented gymnast. It must just be um, an amazing experience. So, and I'm sure for both of you, that was um, a moment that you will never forget. Um, I imagine um, it's obviously been a frustrating time for you both without competitions. What's that been like? It must have been a first for quite some time to have this amount of time without competing. What what's it been like for you, Joe? Um, start with I was struggling. Um, found it hard, like not being able to train. Um, not not obviously competitions being cancelled and postponed. 
Well, I've had a, I've had quite a lot of time as everyone else has to reflect and think about the ways we can move forwards from this. Um, so just kind of try, I've tried to use it as a positive, um, try and get some new elements in routines to, you know, get those marginal gains that eventually could make a big difference in, in worlds in the Olympic finals. So like I said, I've just tried to remain focused, uh, focused. I've, I've got a, a countdown on my wall of how long the Olympic games is. So, you know, I, I, I still, I still see it every day um, as a as a dream of mine. So, and and Lee, you obviously just talked about saying it takes you know it took four years, which is amazing. Obviously, people just see a routine out thirty seconds odd, and they think you know it's just come from nowhere. It's obviously a huge plan in the making. With the Olympics being postponed, and obviously you know you come off the back of the World Championships, how did you kind of work out that plan um, and um, make sure you adjusted it with the year that's just gone by? Well, if I'm honest, we just we just winged it for a while, you know. We because we we never saw the end of COVID, you know. We never knew where we were going to go. And back in 2020, February 2020, we were ready. We were ready for the Olympics. You know, we were as good as we we're going to be. And then obviously COVID hit, and then we were isolated, and everyone was in quarantine. So I didn't really have a plan, and I have, I haven't had a plan until probably around September last year. So for the first half, well, you and I are in the same boat, Liv, we both had little babies. So when it came to COVID and isolation, it was all about being a new parent and just enjoying this little baby, you know, which I probably wouldn't have had the time to do if, if the Olympics was, was last year. But once we were yeah. back at work, it was, um, we spent, I was really quite cautious with the guys, all of the guys, just making sure they were fit and they weren't rushing anything because the last thing I wanted them to do was then get, get injured because their bodies weren't ready for the workload that we were, we were trying to, to enforce on them. So it probably took until around September before I was really happy with it, where the guys were at. And, and from that moment, then we started to say, okay, look, the Olympics is going to happen. You know, we were always never in doubt, even before 2020 was canceled, we were all very much about it's going to happen. Um, and that's the way that our training happened. You know, we, we'd walk in the gym every day with the mindset that we are going to the Olympics or we're, we're going to trial for the Olympics. Um, we need to train like we're going to the Olympics. Um, and yeah, we September to December, we, we were just getting skills and combinations and looking at how we can make those, like Joe said, marginal gains. And then from December, we've just been preparing ready for the trial, for the, the Olympic trial. So that was that was the plan. You know, once once we knew that the Olympics was going ahead, and we knew the dates of the trials, then I can work backwards. I always have done. So the, the end goal of the competitions, and then I work backwards across the year for my plan. So I knew exactly when we needed to start preparing and the time before that, I knew that we got for new skills and skill development. And then before that, it was just about coming in the gym and getting ready for gymnastics again. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, like you say, it's been uh, an interesting year for you. But I suppose, like you say, it's a time to spend with your little boy, who I believe is going to be one soon. Am I right? Two days. Yeah, yeah. Two days. I knew. I, I said yeah. before we came on. I said I'm sure it's in two days' time. Uh, oh well, I hope he has a lovely birthday. And like, thank you. Like I say, it's um, it's a great insight from a coach's perspective. Dom, do you have a few more yeah. questions for Jay before we wrap up? Yeah, definitely. Like Joe, for yourself. Um... You know, I'm sure you, you and Lee, you know, share that same mindset of, you know, you always value, you know, the performances over the medals and so on and so forth. But 
do you ever allow your mind to just drift and imagine what it might be like to you know win an olympic medal you know do you ever just fantasize about what it might be like or is it always performance and then hopefully the medal will come after that what's the men's mindset like i mean as a kid i've obviously dreamt of being a, an olympic champion olympic medalist but as I, as i've got older I've, tr I've tried to just like lee said focus on each routine as it comes skill by skill and then the results will come off the back of that obviously i've dreamt numerous times about the olympic games and had multiple conversations with people that have been and you know the 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 atmosphere that is at an olympic game so i feel like i re I, I do want to go and i do want to perform at my best so i feel like i'm doing and we're doing everything we can to make sure that happens 100 percent. and just a couple more like you know i was compete in that arena um last year um in tokyo have you thought about what it might be like to potentially do a competition behind closed doors completely and it just be you know your coaches the gymnasts the judges you know and you and the, and the operators have you thought about that and you know what's your feelings on that potentially maybe happening um honestly i train in a i train in a gym with myself dom lee joe Cannon regularly oh and josh nathan and we train every day just us like so i'm very used to creating an environment that feels like a competition with the with the five six of us and it's it's an amazing environment honestly like lots of competitions don't have the environment we create on a day-to-day -day basis so yeah i feel I feel like we can, I know we can create an environment. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've, now I've, I've done it. So although how strange it would be to not have friends and family and, you know, different countries supporting each other in the crowd, I feel like we still can create a, an environment and know that those people are still watching us from home. So you know, I'm, I'm still, still focused on the goal. And just the last question, you know, for you, Joe, you know, a decade goes, however long goes, however long you compete, we hope it's for a long time. And, you know, you have very, many successes. What do you want your legacy to be in gymnastics? You know, when people say Joe Fraser, what do you want um, people to say? Wow. Um, that is a question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I want people to say, you know, that, I put in time and effort to be the best that I could be. I, I, I tried to influence people to work hard. I tried to push others to be the best they could be. And I want people to think, like, remember me in the sport for making a difference. So whether that means I open my own gym club or what in the future, I think I'll always be involved in gymnastics one way or another. So. Mm. And, you know, last to you, Lee, as well, you know, obviously, you know, I think you're one of the greatest coaches in the world. You know, obviously, you're a coach of world champion. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. I honestly do. What do you want your kind of lasting legacy to be, you know, maybe once you retire as a coach? Um, I've always had the mindset that I want to inspire coaches. I want to educate coaches and I want to prove that anybody can do it. 
you know it, it's not um i'm not a unicorn you know i'm just a guy that had a vision and i was prepared to get down and dirty and get my knees sore when i was coaching juniors and first in the gym last in the gym and lead by example you know and i think if i can walk in the gym and i inspire a coach whether that be a men's women's tumbling whatever sort of coach then that's that's my sort of vision and my legacy i want to be known as someone that inspired other coaches to be great 100 thank you so much for the answer lee joe as well thank you so much for the answers and thank you for the insight guys cheers yeah thank, thank you so much, much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been great to look back over Stuttgart and, and look ahead. Um, we wish you both the best of luck with whatever happens in the next few months um, with everything. Um, and yeah, so thanks. Just thanks so much for joining us and um, good luck with everything. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Well, <laughs> they're both, it was a really good insight, wasn't that, Dom? Um, I just really liked it. It was lovely to talk to um, a gymnast and a coach and get the different perspectives because um, you can see they both put so much passion and effort into everything. Um, and obviously it's nerve, nerve wracking, but from two different sides. Um, so yeah, just really interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. I feel like um, a lot of the time, you know, when it's between a coach and a gymnast, it's very, very professional, you know, the coach and the gymnast, they, you know, they work in the gym and that's it. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that would might have been the first time they've sat down together, you know, and I'm glad we facilitated that conversation, you know, and they really kind of understood what it's like, you know, for Lee to coach Joe and obviously Joe to be competing under Lee. So I think that was really, really interesting. And I hope everybody watching um, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll be back soon um, with more guests. So we hope you enjoyed um, this episode. Don't forget, if you've got any questions um, for our guests, um, remember to email them into podcast at british-gymnastics.org. Um, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, guys. Take care and see you soon.